Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms at Work podcast. I'm Amanda, and I'm joined by Rachel. Hello. And Lynn. Hi there. Hello. So today, we'll be discussing the term work-life balance, and why lately, some people are starting to reject it. Work-life balance refers to the amount of time an individual spends on their career versus on personal and social activities. The idea is that people need a balance between the two, not too much of one or the other. The perfect balance between work and life will vary from person to person and will change over time as personal and career needs evolve. However, lately, some publications and authors have begun to reject the idea of work-life balance. Some say it's unattainable or at least unrealistic. Some say the focus is wrong and instead we should aim for work-life integration or harmony. There are all kinds of perspectives and arguments that lead in different directions. And I'm sure we've all seen some of these articles and read them with an open mind. So the first thing I'd like to talk about is what we make of these diverse opinions. So Rachel, what do you think about arguments that reject the term work-life balance? Well, I think that there's some good points and some less good points that I've come across. Um, I think that there is a a good point that's been made about how work-life balance doesn't seem to leave space for the natural ebbs and flows of life and life's unpredictability where something will always pop up that just kind of throws a wrench in your plan. And the, the argument there is that the term doesn't allow space for that. And I also think that there's a good point about how you don't have two lives. You don't have a work life and a, and a life life. Um, they are one and the same. You are one single person. So I think that those are good points. Um, but I think I've come across some points that I don't necessarily like as well. Um, I, I know that some people have said that, you know, your work should be your life. And I strongly disagree with that. But I guess to each their own. If you want to if you are so passionate about your work that that's really what you want your entire life to be, that's fine. I just don't want to live like that. And I also disagree with a similar notion that you have to be passionate about your job. Many people just are not and never will be passionate about the thing they do that earns the money, and that's okay. Um, and I know that, like I said, that you bring up that good point of having ebbs and flows in your life. I know that work-life balance is probably generally meant to be your overall balance between the two things. Um, but but I think that, you know, an argument could be made that maybe another term is more useful here. But I'm not sure. Well, Richie, you bring up some interesting points. And it's interesting because I feel like some of the arguments that you agree with are the ones that I disagree with and vice versa. So hmm. um, it's interesting that we have different perspectives because you mentioned that um, that work-life balance doesn't seem to account for life's natural ebbs and flows. And actually, I disagree. I think I think what you said towards the end there is what work-life balance is meant to mean is that um, it's a balance overall. It's not a balance every single day. It's not like every single day you have to have an equal number of hours working versus hours spent doing other life activities. I think it's more of an overall balance um, between the two, like month by month or year by year. And so to me, it actually, I think it does already account for the ebbs and flows. But again, I mean, it's work-life balance is only three words. It can't really encapsulate everything in just so many characters, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah. I think in general, when you when we when I think about work-life balance, it makes sense that it that it 
um, encompasses all, all of that. And uh, the other thing you mentioned that you disagree with is the idea that your work should be your passion. Um, now, I, I'm kind of in the middle on that one. So I, I do think it's ideal if, if the work that you do is something that you care about and you love and you enjoy. But of course, I understand that that's also not something that everyone has or can achieve or something that can be achieved right away in life. You know, maybe it takes you many years of working to get to that point. So, and I don't know, I, I think that that if you if you love what you do, that's good, but that still can't be your entire life. You know, well, you still have to have you still have to have interests and socialization that happens beyond beyond your job, right? Yeah, I mean, if I could just interject really fast, I think that, you know, for your, for you, the ideal would be to have work that you're really passionate about. And that's something that I would share. But there are people who just don't see things that way. And that, you know, a job is what they do to support the rest of their life that they are passionate about. Maybe something that they're what they're passionate about is something that is very difficult to generate money from or they just don't see a way that they could. And for them, that's not ideal. Having the job be something that they're passionate about. Yeah, and you so. can also find fulfillment and your work even if you're working on an assembly line in other ways. You know, you have mm -hmm. the team members that you work with, maybe you're on a company bowling team, um, and you share a camaraderie that uh, makes your day better. And so, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can view work. And it may not be a career, but, and it is something that uh, you do to make a living but you can still find joy in the activities that you do and how um, whatever you're doing, how it helps, you know, the, your team members that you work with, the company and whomever your end uh, audience is for, whether you're building a car or you're providing, you know, on-site services um, B2B. So, and how you make that yeah, company's uh, operations run more smoothly. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I mean, there are, there are a lot of ways you can find joy in what you do and, and really feel good about what, it, what you're doing and who you're working with. But I, don't, I think my final point is, is I, don't, I don't see work-life balance as implying that we have two separate lives. Um, I think it's, it's diving into two different aspects of our life, if that makes sense. So like you, sure. can, you, can make the same, you could make the same analogy of like a friend's family balance. That doesn't mean you have of life with your friends and a life with your family that are separate. It just means maybe you're making a balance between how much time you spend with one group of people versus another group of people. Or you could say a home versus going out balance. It doesn't mean that those are two separate lives. It just means you're, you're cognizant of how much time you spend at home versus going out and doing things in public. So I don't think it, I don't think it divides it into two separate lives. I, to me, it, it's just making sure that you're cognizant of how you're spending your entire life and what, what you're spending your time on. Hmm. Yeah, well, and it's all opinions, how people different view it. And I can definitely see when people reject, are rejecting the term, as Rachel pointed out, um, why they can be looking at them as two, like, literally separate silos. And I've never viewed them that way. They completely bleed together for me. Right. Well, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about what we think about the term work-life balance. Like, do, do we think it sounds outdated or do we think it misses something more important or do we think it really makes sense and is something that we should continue striving for? 
Lynn, what, what do you think about that? Uh, perhaps the term has been overused. However, I consider the core concept as equivalent to living your best life. And, and you know, that's going to mean different things to everyone. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to add this as well, that what I talked about, how things bleed from one to the other, if you have negative or positive feelings about work, they're going to flow right into your personal life. And the same is true, vice versa. If you're you're having things go on in your personal life that are either negative or positive, they're going to flow right back into your work life. Yeah, that's true. Um, when I think of it, I think, I don't know, I, I think that it's still important to, to aim for work-life balance, but I also think it's important to understand to, to recognize that work-life balance and how we achieve it will evolve over time as the world changes and as the way we work changes, so too does our practice of work-life balance. So, for example, over time, the way we communicate has changed drastically. In addition to the phone, we also, we, we got texting and email. And then on top of that, we got social media. And so now we're super connected all the time and we have to continuously reevaluate how we maintain balance. Another example is working from home, which is um, which has been on the rise lately. And working from home brings a whole new set of issues and opportunities when aiming for work-life balance. So, I mean, I, I personally agree with the concept of work-life balance and I think it's important, but I think it's also to recognize how it needs to evolve over time. What about you, I Rachel? Mean, Did you want to chime in? That's what I'm doing right now, yeah. Um, so I think that Overall, I'm indifferent to the term work-life balance. I think maybe a source of something to look at and dissect perhaps is the, that combo word, work-life. Like, I think the idea that people get um, where there are two separate things is that one of them is life as if work is not part of your life, right? So maybe like work personal or work fun or whatever, although that implies that work is not personal or fun. So I'm not really sure that there's a good way to dichotomize it. Um, but in terms of the concept that work-life balance as a term tries to encapsulate, I think it's good, but I also think that it tends to put the onus squarely on the worker rather than the employer. And I know that some, like a lot of articles do talk about how employers can help their employees achieve work-life balance and that's a good, good thing. But I think generally speaking, at least the way I feel and interpret the term, it really places all of the responsibility on the individual rather than looking at our cultural, like not just uh, company culture, but so, uh, like social culture in our country um, about how these things are, are managed. And that links me to my next point, which is that work-life balance sort of glosses over the fact that balance is way more difficult for some people than it is for others. Money is time. And if you have a long commute or if you have to work multiple jobs, you're just not going to be able to achieve work-life balance. And I think that's something that, I mean, any term is going to be simplistic in nature. So I guess I'm just kind of being devil's advocate as much as I hate the term, of course, because I hate all, all terms, apparently. Um, but yeah, I, th I think there is something to work-life balance that happens with all buzzwords is that it just simplifies things too much. And it's that it's just not that easy. Yeah, Rachel, you bring up some really good points about how I mean, work-life balance, it, it can't just be on the worker because they, they only have so much control over their life. And like you said, like if you need to work multiple jobs or you have to work long hours, you it, it's not up to you. You can't really control 
that balance that you would like to have. Um, I think that's something that that needs to be addressed in our society as a whole is like is is the kind of work culture that we have and what the expectations that we have of employees and how much time they spend working and and how much time they spend even after work doing work activities or going to certain events. It's it's definitely an issue that's been talked about a lot in, in the last well for, for all of time, I guess. I mean that's why we got we that's why we um, won workers' rights to get weekends and to have limited hours that we work. But that's definitely an ongoing process that we need to keep evaluating, uh, evaluating as a society to make sure that we have enough time for everything. Currently, we have this idea that we have eight hours for work, eight hours for personal activities, and eight hours for sleep. But one thing that I've heard about um, a lot when in researching this is that that eight hours for personal life it's often eaten up by a lot of things that are not necessarily leisure. It's, it's, um, it's meant to be leisure, but it, it includes commute time. It includes um, cooking, cleaning, personal all kinds care, of taking a shower. <laughs> exactly, all of that stuff. And so your leisure time actually isn't eight hours. It's maybe one or two hours once you once you tally it all up, right? Yeah, for single working moms, it could be fifteen minutes. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For yeah, PhD I, students, it could be 10 minutes, <laughs> or maybe, maybe, maybe you got an hour, and the working mom gets the 15 minutes. <laughs> I think the PhD student gets negative time. I mean, I have a friend who's a PhD student and a mom. Like, can oh you imagine? Gosh. Oh man, I don't know how. And a single mom. She's a single mom and a PhD student. Wow, I don't know but how. But that she also goes with. There's ebbs and flows throughout our life. And there are times where um, it, things are very compressed and it's sort of like you're going through a really dark tunnel and you, you, you have to get to the other side. So um, I think that also when we look at it, you definitely need to look at you know it over a longer period of time. And even sometimes during one day versus the next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Not every single day is going to be equal to the day before or like the next week or the next year, everything, it changes as, as our work and personal needs change. Also, Lynn, earlier you mentioned something about work and life bleeding into each other and affecting each other. And I've heard you use the term work-life integration as opposed to work-life balance. So I'd like to know what, what it is about integration that, that really draws to you. Yeah, so I've always, I've embraced the, the term um, work-life integration because my career and has always been a huge piece of who I am as an individual. And through work, I have built strong personal relationships and friendships that have lasted decades. Uh, I, I, a perfect example is yesterday I got together with two work friends from a former life. I haven't seen them together for 14 years since we worked together. I have maintained the relationships sort of almost nominally over that time with LinkedIn, with emails. I've gotten together with one or the other of them, you know, every couple of years or something. But this is the first time like the three of us got together since we had worked together. But it was, we just picked it right up where we had been before. And that relationship that we had built at work, we're talking about our personal lives, where our children were at in their lives, um, what was going on with us uh, 
you know, where we're living now and, you know, yada, 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 it all goes on. So, you know, that's really about how I've woven work into the very fabric of my life. Yeah, you have a good point there. I'm a little suspect of the word integration still, though, because I understand, as we mentioned earlier, that, um, you know, you've only got one life. You're the same person in all your contexts, although you could also argue that who you are is made up entirely of context, but that's a major philosophical point that we'll avoid for now. Um, so, of course, there is going to be bleeding and crossover. You can't keep the two things separate. But for me, the idea of integrating life and work, as if work is a part of life, but again, it, it seems to set up for me the idea that work could start to take over your life um, if you integrate these things too closely together. The, I think that there should be separation, maybe some gradient, um, because of course you will make friends at work that you will keep forever, and then maybe you'll just have work friends who are your friends when you're at work and then you stop talking to them once you leave the job, and that's fine. Um, so I, I don't know if I, if I love the word, uh, the term work-life integration either. Yeah, it seems a little bit like a slippery slope in a certain way. Um, I think to a certain degree, work and life have to be and are integrated, but I think there also has to be a little bit of separation just to, to maintain some control over, over how you're spending your time and how your life works out. I, I think balance and integration are complementary. I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but it's it's a matter of well, to use the word balance again, it's about finding the balance between how much they integrate and how much you keep them separated. Hmm. So it seems like we're not all on the same page about what terminology we like to use or how we like to think about it. But regardless of which term you like, whether it's balance or integration or something else, how do you think people can find that balance or integration between their work and personal lives? I'd like to share three tips that, I, that have helped me personally to achieve work-life balance to kick it off. Um, for me, personally, um, in order to maintain a certain amount of balance in my life, um, I've about a year ago, I started making sure that I would stop work at 5 p.m., which is when I'm supposed to stop working. I had a bad habit of working late into the night um, because I feel like I would get on a roll later in the day and then I just, I just want to keep working on things and just get it done. But that was that was integrating too much into my personal time. And so the first thing I did was I set up a reason to force myself to stop working on time. So I signed up for some classes at my local gym and they started at 5.45 PM each evening. And so that would, in order to make those classes, I would have to stop working at about 5, 5.05 and get ready and leave to get there in time. So it was, it was, um, it was another engagement that forced me to stop working on time so I could meet it. And other people could try something else. They could try, like if they don't want to go to the gym, they could set up an, a date with a friend or they could join some kind of a book club or something like that. But if you give yourself something else that you have to do, that tends to make it easier to stop doing the previous activity. Um, my second tip is that I don't have my work email set up on my phone. Because for me, um, getting email notifications can be very disruptive, especially when I'm trying to enjoy an evening out or my weekend or something. So what I do is I make sure that my work email is out of sight, out of mind. And related to that, my third tip is I don't check my work email at all on evenings, weekends, or holidays. Um, 
that can be really hard because sometimes I'm curious about if something came through, but I work really hard to make sure I don't check it until, until it's my actual working hours. And I like to keep in mind that if something is urgent, I can be reached in another way. Um, my colleagues have my phone number, my social media accounts. Um, I'm pretty easy to reach. So, but, <laughs> but they know not to reach me that way unless it actually is something urgent. So those are those are some tips that have worked for me. Um, Rachel, what would you like to share about this? Well, I like that this question assumes that I have achieved achieved work-life balance. I have not. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even close. Are you kidding me? It's not possible. Not for me. Not right now. Because um, as we've sort of hinted at, I'm doing my PhD right now, and I'm also working. And not only am I working, I'm working for a company where the rest of the team is eight hours behind me. So time zones are a funny thing like that. Or, or so, you, we could say that, you know, yeah. you're eight hours ahead of us. So, you know, <laughs> first time ever you want, I'm, the same, the fact is that there's an eight hour difference. So not checking my email on during evenings or even on weekends, it's, it's not, it's not logical for me. It's not pragmatic because you guys are sending me the emails in the evening slash when I've already gone to bed. So I have to check them at some point. It's just a nightmare. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's exhausting, but I have made some tweaks to make sure that I don't completely lose my mind. It's mostly gone, but I have salvaged some of it by um, something that I do is that I like to have full days to myself wherever possible instead of just a few hours. So I try to schedule as many things for one day as possible. I'm going to, if I have to work this day, I'm also going to schedule after work another thing that I have to do, a meeting that I have or something else. I just try to shove every, as much as I can into as few days as possible so that I can have as many days to myself as I need because I need I, a few hours is not going to cut it. I, I need a minute, like a long minute, a day, a three-day weekend, whatever. I also, it helps me, it doesn't really achieve the time spent doing one thing or the other, but it just helps me stay sane to meditate and to work out. Not at the same time, although actually you can. Um, but, you know, just doing things to keep my mind and my body healthy keeps things moving and keeps me able to to keep up this exhausting workload that I have. And related to what Amanda said, though, I do try to limit my email time. So like Amanda, I don't have my work email on my phone. I do have my school email emails. I have a couple on my phone, but I've turned off notifications for my emails um, because that was really distracting. Um, although I feel like maybe I should just get rid of that altogether. Um, so yeah, I, I try, but I, I definitely have not achieved work-life balance and I don't see myself doing so until at least I've finished my PhD. Well, it's all about ups and flows, right, Rachel? I guess you're in the part of the right where it's <laughs> this is a lot, lot this is a big ebb or flow or whatever it is. It's, it's, uh, it's going to take a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You also mentioned something, um, about meditation and working out. To me, that sounds a lot like self-care, which is one of the arguments against work-life balance that I've seen, is that instead of work-life balance, you should aim for self-care. So it sounds like you're kind of in that camp a little bit. I, I can't say I disagree either. I think self-care is super important, even within yeah. work-life balance. Uh, what about you, Lynn? Well, I uh, agree and disagree with things that both of you said. So for me, <laughs> everything is a teeter-totter, and it goes up and down depending upon circumstance. And there are times I spend more time at work uh, and other times where I take a break. So yesterday was a perfect example. I took a break uh, to meet my friends that I hadn't seen for 
together for 14 years at lunch and we had a two hour lunch. I have a 45 minute commute both ways. So, you know, you book in that together. I've got a three and a half hour block. And also when I was driving to and from, I was listening to a books on tape. So sort of just chilling, chilling like a villain, maybe. No, I don't know. I was listening to my books on tape. I wasn't a villain. <laughs> and um, so, you know, so that, that book broke my time. But then when I came back and I ended up, uh, I made that time up at work. I worked last night till after midnight. So for me, like I said, it's a teeter-totter. And um, that works for me. Tomorrow, I'm taking a break in the middle of the day. I've blocked the time out, and I'm going to go do a Pokemon X-ray. So I'm a, ever, if anybody who's ever listened to a podcast, I know I play Pokemon in a big way. And so I have an entire community of people that I'm friends with that I play Pokemon with who have nothing to do with work, completely outside. But I will do that as well some days. I take a break. I go over to a park that's really close by. And I park and I get out, I spin my gyms, I catch a few critters, I may take over a gym, but they have a really nice trail walk. Um, you can walk the trail in like 20 minutes, but I breathe in the fresh air. Right now, you know, you're crunching on the leaves. I mean, I'm playing a game, my, my Pokemon game that I love and I'm relaxing and I come back uh, to work and I'm like refreshed and energized and ready to go. So I do a lot of things with time blocking. So, you know, I, I, Rachel has described how she time blocks. Uh, Amanda also blocks time by leaving work at the, the same time. So I do a lot of uh, time blocking that way. Uh, I, I don't block my emails. I want to know what's going on. Uh, I can, <laughs> however, I've over the years, I've just developed the ability to ignore them. So I can see that they're going on, but I can ignore them. And I can also simply not check my emails for hours and no problem. And so, but I do tend to look at them overall. I, uh, I, I don't look at them at night right before I'm going to bed. That's like the worst possible thing you can do in my opinion. I <laughs> definitely would advise avoiding that because all it does is get your knickers in a twist and you can get really ticked off or aggravated and you know, at that time of night. So it just doesn't do anybody any good. So, um, but uh, I, yeah, I check them periodically. I do uh, respect my team with the fact that they don't like to receive or I actually re try to resist sending emails over the weekend, et cetera, to them because uh, I know how they uh, feel about that. Uh, I don't, I am totally open if they want to send me emails. <laughs> I'm fine with it. So, but once again, it's, I've learned how to, uh, control my and filter what I do and it doesn't take away from my doing other things so uh, you know this whole last weekend I had my email on and all that but I just ignored everything you know for the Thanksgiving holiday so with that said I described my teeter-totter metaphor which you can all see and how it goes up and down or the ebb and flow and uh, the other thing is I do have I set specific priorities and I want to be very clear these evolve and change over time, depending on where you're at in your life and what's going on. So a really great example is when I had a very, very busy uh, executive career, but I was also at the point my daughter was having her fifth grade graduation, right? And it was in the middle of the day of a work day. Yeah. I turned my phone off. I was out. I blocked out that time. 
that was where I was there. I was doing all that. And of course, of all times of that day, you know, there's like bombs going off at work. <laughs> and I mean, I had everyone trying to reach me. And, uh, you know, but it was just tough. You know, I dealt with it when uh, after her graduation and, and, um, and you know, the, the next day, et cetera. And that's fine. So I definitely use the, my priorities. And part of that is also knowing what your values are. And so another example that I would share is that when my husband and I, we had our daughter, Francesca, we chose that, we discussed it, that we would make uh, a, a commitment to having family dinner together so that we could discuss our day, we could share um, uh, time together, you know, break bread together, share that meal together, have a conversation, not have the TV on, not having other distractions so that we could t spend that time together. And so that was something that we did. And that's about, you know, at that, that was a value to us of that family time. So, and you block the time. So those are, those are my pieces of advice. Yeah, those are some great tips, Lynn. Well, I think the last thing I'd like to ask about is, is even when others in your life may try to sway it one way or the other, how do you still maintain control? And that can be pretty difficult. Like you mentioned, Lynn, when you were at your daughter's fifth grade graduation and you had <laughs> all kinds of notifications coming in at the worst possible time. Um, when something like that happens, how do you still maintain control? And so, Lynn, um, you were on a roll. Maybe you can kick it off with, with some of your ideas. Yeah, I, I, I literally, I knew that my phone was on vibrate and I could see my purse twitching. I mean, honestly, and I just went, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, they can wait. And I weigh the situation and and it, it really came down to my, what was important to me right then, right there was to be there for that graduation ceremony because she was in a, you know, at fifth grade, then they went on to middle school for sixth grade and it was a big deal. So, and it was important. Uh, so, and you could, you know, so that was life and I just tuned it out. So my advice is you, you know, really need to weigh the situation. There are times that um, you end up, I had to deal with that, obviously the fallout the next few days over that whole, the bombs that were going off and, and that was fine. I had to work some extra hours, got it all back under control. Everything was fine. So, um, you know, I think that for everybody who's out there, uh, you know, when you're looking at this and when people are trying to sway or influence you, uh, I, I really put it back to knowing your value, values and priorities. Because there are times, uh, this came up recently, I was actually talking about this with my daughter, about this podcast that was coming up. And I talked about the time that, when I, that my, I was that executive at that big corporation where they, I, I was told to fly out to a city that day to drop everything, get on a plane, and I had to go. And so I didn't have anything that re meant that I couldn't do that, right? And I did. I just, I dropped literally everything. I frantically packed, went to the airport, got a ticket, had to go through special security because I was buying the ticket the same day, right? And uh, got on a plane. So I did what I was asked to do and uh, would punt it. But at a completely different time, when I was planning uh, to have a business trip to New Orleans, and Rachel was there with me, as was uh, my daughter, oh, Ken. And no, no, you were. You'll remember this. I've when never I been to New Orleans. No, I was. I was going to New Orleans as a, on a business trip, 
And I got a call. I'd already checked into the flight, uh, confirmed my hotel room, all that. And I got a call that my dad had had a stroke and they didn't think he was going to live through the evening. I dropped Mm. everything. That was a very important conference. I had all kinds of meetings set up. I dropped everything for to leave immediately for the hospital to be with my dad. And Rachel was actually the one who you called the airline, you called the hotel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. I was there for that. Yeah, you you were there. Yeah, no, I I know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, so, so, but, you know, so those are examples of where things may sway you either way and you make the call. You, you, You weigh you weigh that those the situation, you weigh the circumstances, and you make a choice. And, and it, it's, we're always making choices. We always make choices in our life. The key thing here is to have balance, that the choice cannot always be work, 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 or the converse, life, 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 life. I'm just going to ignore my job. You know, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> You're not going to get very far. So, um, that's that's really where why I like the idea of this work-life balance is because it's that teeter-totter. And at the end of the day, you want two people or these two items to, even though they go back and forth, um, to have a to really have fun on a teeter-totter, you need to have equal weight. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. <laughs> I mean, How about you, me? Yeah. On the same wavelength here, as always. Um, I have actually a difficult time with this because, as I mentioned, doing PhD, working, and trying to exist as an actual human being, I'm being pulled in three different directions. And so my supervisors are always insisting that I spend more time on my PhD and spending less time with my job. Unfortunately, it's not, the people at my at Petite Queen are actually very understanding. It's just that I need to make rent. So <laughs> I'm being pulled a different direction to work more so I can live without, you know, starving, which would result in death. And then there's also my own pull of, <laughs> my own pull of just wanting to have fun every now and again, because I'm, I'm not one of those people that can just work, work, work. There are those people out there, but I'm not one of them. So, yeah, and, and I have a hard time with it because I feel, actually I was in therapy this morning and we were talking about this. I feel like I'm stuck. And so, you know, and I just want to say that I'm not trying to elicit any pity, but there will be times when you feel like you're in an unsustainable position, but there's nothing that you can do and you're not alone in that. So you you make the tweaks that you can where you can and just and just kind of wait it out until you can you can make your move. Yeah, get through the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I I had a job like that a few years ago where um, it was a very, very demanding job. It was extremely time consuming and I was traveling all the time and I felt like it ate into my personal time on both ends of the workday. I started working earlier and getting up earlier just so I could work. I started working later into the night. I started working on weekends. I I, I felt like that job was really taking over my entire personal life because it, it was just so demanding. And I'm like you, Rachel. I, I, I'm not one of those people that can just work all the time. I, I do get exhausted after a certain point. And in that job, I, I just felt really stuck for a while. And it, I I think it was really like, affecting me emotionally. And um, after a while, I finally got up the courage to resign that job because I, I just I couldn't see myself staying in that job any longer because of how much the 
the work side of it took over my life. Um, I think the advice I have is a little bit different from the examples that Lynn and Rachel provided. It's a little bit more general, but um, over so many years of working, um, one thing that I've found that is really helpful on both sides is to be clear about boundaries. So when, when you have a job, um, it's natural for them to keep sending you emails if you keep responding to them. But if you want, if you want to have some c control over, um, over when you work, how late you work, whether you work on weekends and holidays, it's in a certain way, it is up to you to, to set that boundary. And if you just don't respond to emails after a certain time, or if you don't respond to emails on weekends, they won't, they won't expect you to be working at those times, if that makes sense. My husband actually had this. Yeah, my husband actually had this situation when he started a job um, several years ago. Um, he was very enthusiastic about the job and he wanted to prove himself. And so he he allowed himself to work late into the night. He would be working at 1 a.m. He'd be working on weekends, on holidays. He didn't set any boundaries at all, and it started to wear him out. And so after many months of working like that, he realized that he needed to set boundaries. And so he told his boss, "Hey, I'm not going to." keep working after this time of evening. I'm not going to be available on weekends and holidays unless it's urgent or if there's some special thing going on. And he, he, he was very clear about that with his boss and with his um, coworkers, but he set that boundary. Yeah, and, it's a, yeah, it's a matter of saying no and reframing it though, um, reframing the conversation so mm -hmm, that exactly. uh, it's positive. Exactly. Yes. And sometimes you might have to do that in your personal life, too. Sometimes you might have a family member or a friend who really wants to have your time when you're not available to give that time to them. And you have to tell them the same thing. You have to tell them, I'm not available to, to talk to you until this time or on this day. And as long as as long as you're always clear about what your boundaries are, um, that will really help with maintaining a certain balance and a certain amount of control over your time. And of course, you do have to be flexible. Sometimes certain things come up and you do have to, you know, break your own rules, so to speak. But in general, having boundaries will really help you um, having some serenity in your in your work and life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. And for those of us who have a challenging time, sometimes setting those boundaries, you definitely need to learn the, the power of saying no and how to reframe the conversation. Yes, that yeah. is true. That can be very difficult for some people, but it's it's something that you can just keep practicing towards and you get better at it with time. You betcha. Well, this wraps a wonderful discussion and I think that we've really covered a lot of ground and um, had some very illuminating conversations about these different perspectives. And to anyone listening, I wanna know, what do you think about work-life balance or work-life integration? How, how do you, respond to these different arguments for and against it. What is your opinion on it and how do you achieve it? We'd love to hear, so chime off in the comment section. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. And next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. Mm -hmm.